Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or Stock Twits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Knut! Howard! Welcome! Welcome in! How do you say welcome in Norwegian? Velkommen. Velkommen. I just watched a really good show on Netflix called <coughs> Valhalla Murders. And you'll like it. It's uh, it's in Icelandic. Cool. I didn't know that was a language, but they bring over a guy from Norway because they're, they're murder squad and Iceland doesn't have an expert. I'm going to have to check that and out. And the guy looked a lot like you. Cut poor, like stone, though. Poor guy. <laughs> a little less soft, but a lot like Knut. The um, boy, I don't know how people live in Iceland. I mean, I get it in the summer; must be lovely, but ugh, tough place. Yeah, tough place. Okay, uh, speaking of tough places, America shut down. May happen. What do you think the odds are? Well, um, I think the odds closing the borders are fairly good. I I think they should shut down. To be honest with you, we need to get point? ahead of this curve. We need to get ahead of this problem. Boy, that narrative caught on fast, huh? Never seen a narrative catch on globally that fast. Yeah, it, it took a while. Like we had the Italy and, and China, but it really is amazing in the last three days, four days. There's still a lot of denial here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, denial, but like as a narrative, like, you know, from top to top to bottom, people are talking about it. I mean, it's oh, yeah. persistent, you know. Uh, all right, let's get to um, our guest today. We're going to have a great entrepreneur on. And our first woman of Panic with Friends. You know, I'm not allowed to panic with uh, with women. <laughs> <laughs> I just It's just inappropriate, I think, the uh, to show panic in general around women. And uh, at least, you know, I'm not allowed. I have to keep it str- at home. I got to keep, you know, keep it together. So uh, I wanted to bring on Shannon McClay, who was a banker, now first-time founder, and going through what we would say a crisis as uh, we're going to dollar, but first I want to do an ad. Is there anything I'm missing, Knut? No, I think that's good. <clears throat> so we're going to call Shannon in a few minutes. And, um, but first I asked uh, Koifin, the product I use most right now, especially with the markets crashing, to send me a, a, a missive uh, to, to share with everybody. So here it goes. Um, this episode of Panic with Friends is brought to you by Coifin, a portfolio company of social leverage. If you want to track and analyze what's happening in the current market turmoil, uh, Coifin is for you. It's a web-based platform that lets you analyze stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, and other assets all in one terminal. I've been using it every day for a while, two, three years, to uh, track the market. And I think once you try it, you'll get addicted. Uh, having all this information and search at your fingertips in a fun, intuitive way, whether you trade or not, is fantastic for knowledge, uh, high-quality data, powerful functionality, and a really simple interface. And the best part right now, it's free. You are the product. Sign up at koifin.com. That's K-O-Y-F-I-N.com. Let's get Shannon on the phone before the world ends. Hello. Shannon. Hello, Howard. We still alive over there in New York? Yeah. I was just saying, I'm not allowed to panic with, this is called panic with friends, and I've never been allowed to panic with a woman. (laughs) (laughs) 
don't have any female I don't even friends. know if that's inappropriate. Is that inappropriate? You don't even know me. Is this like, you don't have female friends? This, this is, is the like first, when Harry met Sally. I think this is like <laughs> my wife and her sister are going to be on the show. That's Panic with Friends and Family. The, right. Uh, actually, just Panic with Family. But you are the first woman on Panic with Friends. One out of seven? Canute, how many have we done? Ooh, I'm thinking. So I'm going to get yelled at, but who cares? I, I think it's great that yeah. uh, one to seven is better than one out of ten. One out of seven is better than one out of ten. It's about the statistics for female founders, right? Yes. It really, well, I mean, half, we can get into that a little bit later, but let's yeah. talk about uh, Shannon McClay, the myth, yes. the legend, the founder, the banker. The uh, Are you a mom? I am a mom. The mom. I'm all the things. You're everything. And are you locked down? <laughs> are you locked down at McClay Compound? I I am in. I am quarantined uh, with my 14 year old son. And um, the worst part that we had this past weekend is we didn't have Wi Fi or cable. For some reason, our Verizon line got spliced or something. So <laughs> what was that I'm like? A little creepy. It was horrifying. That was the just, most horrifying thing for anxious. me. Talk about panicking. Uh, yeah. Having a 14-year-old kid in the house without Wi-Fi is a really scary thing now. That was well, scary. You, than the I mean, did you have Ambien? Ambien um, works the same as Wi-Fi. No, I have vodka. Vodka, <laughs> vodka I'm not going to say, but you slip a kid in Ambien and, no, me, and no, tell them they watch 10 hours of Netflix when they wake up. <laughs> the uh, Well, I'm sorry about that. Do you have Verizon now? Oh yeah, so he was here at he was here at nine o'clock this morning, and I was like, I've never been more wearing gloves. I hope here. I can't believe they yeah, got out well, there I at did, nine o'clock. I pretty much had to guarantee to Verizon that I, I haven't tested positive for anything. They didn't want to send him out. Yeah. So thankfully that got fixed. I'm going for an MRI tomorrow, and she started asking me questions. I said I should be asking you questions. Knock yeah. that place down before I get in there. It's Howard <laughs> freaking Lindsay coming in there. I know special goods here. Special. Packaged, a lot of craziness. So yes. we got a lot to unpack. I want to talk about being a founder of a. Uh, you just raised an A maybe last year, so you're you're freshly you're freshly cooked, freshly baked, freshly launched, freshly hatched. Um, you have VC money, you have sophisticated investors, you have a great idea, but you are in New York. You're dealing with all the same aggravations that every startup is going to have to deal with, and your employees' stresses. And so we've been talking a lot of VCs, not a lot of founders. So you're our first, I think, current active founder that we're chatting with about panic. So yeah. we can, we can, if it, if I ask anything you don't want to talk about, just say, eh, pass. No, I'm an open book. I yeah. mean, so let's just let everybody know a little bit about Shannon. So give us your 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 background and then the current company. Yeah. So I um, I graduated from college 20 years ago now. So I've told my team, I'm like, I've been through a lot. Let me tell you what, I've been through a few recessions. Been through working in financial services post 9-11, been through working in financial services post 2008, 2009, and during 2008, 2009. So um, I not a lot scares me. Um, I literally told my team today the only two things that scare me are heights and confined spaces. Other than that, I, I'm not afraid. I, we've seen versions of this before. We will again. So, um, you know, I've been th in financial services now, you know, 20 years. Um and then, but in startup, I left Merrill Lynch seven years ago to start building. And what side of Merrill Lynch were you on? What side of the business were you on? I was on the institutional side uh, for a period of time. And then ultimately my last stint was as a Merrill Lynch financial advisor. Got it. And um, I became a Merrill Lynch financial advisor because I thought all the advisors kind of looked and felt the same. Um, and 
you know, 80% are men and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I married a man. I birthed a man. I love men. I'm not a male hater, but I'm a male hater. Um, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it just felt really unfair. And so I, you know, if somebody was looking for something different, men or woman or whatever gender identification you have that you should be able to find it. So I became a, an advisor and, um, to work with me, you had to have 250,000 in assets. And I never thought anything about that because I had been around money. I started working on a trading floor, you know, 22 with people making millions of dollars a year. Um, so I didn't think anything of finding people with money, but once I started doing it and trying to look for people with money, I realized, um, majority of Americans don't look like that. And, um, it's really unfair, actually, that you have to have 250000 in assets to speak to a human being. Otherwise, most people are sent to apps and bots. And um, so I left Merrill to start building the gym because I thought that you, there needs to be a place. And I, th- my idea was like, it's like H&R Block, but fun and cool and for financial planning. And, um, you know, just like anybody can go to a regular gym to work out. Anybody financially can go to our gym and, and get a workout based on, you know, what they need. So I left seven years ago to start building this. Um, I say the first two years were the dark years where I went through literally everything I own personally. Um, the joke is if you're in the gym, you're sitting in my 401k because that, that all went to um, sustaining my life as a as a founder, um, trying to help people and not charge a lot of money. And um then I started in 2015. I got my first investor, angel investor, who was a former um, boss of mine at Merrill Lynch. And then we raised our seed round in 2017 and raised our A round in 2019. We've raised um, close to seven, uh, close to $8 million now. To wow. Date. Yeah. And I'm an idiot, meaning uh, I forget who introduced you. Um who introduced One us? of my other investors, Jay, you ran into him. Oh, uh, I street. ran into him in the street. This is how, uh, Knut, you awake? I am. Okay, meet Knut. Hi. <laughs> he's not, he's not AI. He's, he's Norwegian human flesh. He's a goddess. Okay. He's a goddess. Are Run, you single? Running the technical stuff here. Are you today. single, Shannon? Oh, am I? I thought you were talking about <laughs> Knut. who cares? I'm no, not, I'm I don't not care about my guests. He's <laughs> a big lump of Norwegian guy. Am I single? She's a friend he has oil money. He has oil money. But she's afraid uh, of heights. Well, no, I make my own money. I have a lot of shares. <laughs> but are you still married? I can't remember. You're married. No, I'm not. You're no, not married. Divorced. All right. Well, Knut's married, so I just, I don't even know why I brought it up. So, um, <laughs> Me neither. Knut, what were we talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. So we were talking about <laughs> how we met. So I'm walking down that. like 6th Avenue, just mm-hmm. minding my own business, and deals come at me left and right. So I run into Jay. Mm-hmm. And he he and I had read about you. You're really good at press, and it's such a great idea, financial gem. And so I'd been reading about. It. I was kind of seething that because I'm supposed to see that stuff. Part of what I'm do, I'm supposed to do is see stuff like this. So you didn't know you didn't know who I was, but I'm supposed to be in your face. It's my job. Yeah. And I thought it was such a unique idea of like a we work for women around a, you know meets H and R Block meets. Uh, uh, coaching meets advising so jay runs into me goes oh and i had seen his name on the on the such a small ride i'd seen his name on the press release and i go motherfucker why are you showing me fintech deals that's the one thing you're supposed to do he goes well you should meet her so then i met okay. you and you know long story short um uh we didn't get there on the fund uh but uh we introduced you to jan von Eck, who's one of our lps and they are they are the major investor correct 
Yes. So the the network works. That's from a Canute. That's from bumping into someone on the street. Is that how social yeah. leverage works or not? That it is. Yeah. <laughs> the definition of social leverage. That is right? literally the definition literally. of social leverage. If I was financially leveraged, my head would have been down. I would have walked into a post. Jay would have walked by me, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't. None of this would have happened. This is Here why social are. leverage matters over financial <laughs> leverage. Write that down, Canute. Note I, to I, say. Got, I got it. So that's how I met you. Now tell people yeah. about Financial Gym because it's so creative and unique. Yeah. So it is a it is a physical place, um, but also we work virtually. So we are currently quarantined, but working virtually with our. So you're, clients. you have um, quarantined the team. Everybody gets to work from we home. We have quarantined the team. How many, yes, how many coaches are there right now? We have 47 now. <clears throat> Mostly um, New York? Well, no, well, we have now opened up D.C., so our D.C. team. And we have hired – the L.A. team is um, active. The L.A. gym is going to open – well, you know, we'll see. Uh, it's supposed to open the end of April. But Where did you pick for a spot in L.A.? In West Hollywood. Cool. Yeah. So cool, yeah. Um, so so keep going. I interrupt. So three three now spots, maybe two and a half. And Brooklyn, and Brooklyn is going to be opening the end of March. So, but our Brooklyn team, you know, is like hopefully uh, we can renegotiate we the lease after the virus. Um, no. Yeah. So no, we're pretty much set with the leases we had, and we and you know what the thing is though, Howard is like we feel really confident. I really feel like our business is recession proof, or if anything, recession um, attractive because. Um, you know, financial health is uh, in times like these and challenging times like these where it's like you really do want to have somebody to talk to. There's a lot of moving pieces. And um, now is the time to uh, invest in your health and how are you going to sustain a longer recession um, if possible. So I feel like we're recession proof, but, you know, we'll see. We're still in the early days of this, but um, we've had in the past. So the past, uh, you know, essentially three years, we've been mostly like open to the public, um, we actually get a number of people who join the gym, our gym, um, in times of financial transition. So sure. we've had people join who are unemployed. <clears throat> that was a major uh, question like, for me is, will because StockTwit, Coifin, Robinhood, you know, we can make fun of stock market right now, but they're people's lifebloods and traffic's going through the roof and signups going through the roof. Are you seeing that at financial gym? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I sent out a note to our team on Friday. I got it. I think that's what spurred this. I got because I'm a no, small personal investor. Yeah. yeah, I sent oh. it to investors. But you also sent one to the team, Friday obviously. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Friday night, I sent to my internal team, and I posted our internal Slack channel today that, honestly, as I said earlier, I, I'm not afraid of anything um, except heights and confined spaces. Mm-hmm. I'm really just now, at this point, as a founder and a leader, concerned about my team's mental health through yeah. this because they are really on the front lines. Um, people are freaking out, and then who they're freaking out and calling their BFF. What that's what we call it. Our trainer is your best financial friend. And so, cool, you know, huh? they're having to, you know, they're there for their clients. That's what their job is. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, a number of them. Can you have surge pricing for BFFing or is that just inappropriate? That's I mean, why I'd run this company yeah. into the ground, right? I would triple right. my. Yeah. You know, we're, we're almost doing the opposite when people lose their job. <laughs> I have no instinct about running a business. I know. <laughs> I'm glad you haven't called me. So, uh, <laughs> so no, yeah, you are you are actually advice. you are coaching your coaches to have some empathy here. Generally, they have empathy because you're dealing in an no, empathetic have, business. No, the problem is they have a ton of empathy, and so you know that weighs on you. That yeah. kind of emotional baggage right. weighs on you. So, um, I'm really you know concerned about this. So we actually just tomorrow, starting tomorrow, um, and every day. 
at least for the next two years and, and possibly more. And weekdays at 11 a.m., we we have a woman who led a meditation for us, like in November, like a team meditation. She's going to do at 11 o'clock a uh, every for an hour every when every day for the next few weeks at 11 o'clock. She's going to do a team meditation where she's going to lead them through like flow and meditation in place where they can go and like kind of help relieve their anxiety. And we just created a new Slack channel hashtag positive vibes only um, really to kind of promote the positivity um, and help the team kind of um, stay on in a positive frame of mind in this kind of when, when a lot of negativity is coming there and, and anxiety and, and crazy and panic like this, this show was coming at them. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very intense to come on my show panic with friends. So, so you've got the coaches, you've got the, the stores and the stores mm-hmm. have to be, I mean, not the stores, you could, the clubs, the, what do you call them? The gyms. The gym. The gym. Yeah. So why did you yeah. go with financial gym? I, as an, as a small investor, I was like, again, my instincts were like, I didn't fully get the name. Now I love the name. What, it's too obvious. Right? Yeah. It was You're too like, obvious. I'm too so obvious, bad at marketing. I don't get it. No. <laughs> I tell people, you know, I'm a blonde, so I'm not that smart. So, you know, I had to be very like obvious with my, my business name company. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, you know, we had a lot of people early on when we were doing our branding, we had a number of agencies, creatives who were like, how married are you to the financial gym name? And I was like, Hilarious. extremely, because um, everybody wants to give you a name. And I was like, well, I don't want to be like Hiccup and we're a financial services company. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, for me, the financial gym, it was just, it was just obvious as a place you could get financially healthy. And um, and I've told our branding people and I say, I was like, we, we're going to be like the Kleenex of financial health. Like where else would you go? But financial gym, if you want to get financially healthy. So we are the like owner of the space and and we have it with the name and it's, and it's funny because for you as an investor, it's confusing because all these startups change their names to weird things. But for our clients, which is um, everyday Jacks and Jills, like they get it, you know, they're like, Oh, I get what it is because it is what it says. It is what it says. And Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. I have so much to talk about just about the product because, Mm -hmm. because who the customer is, but more importantly in this panic. So, so you're dealing in this panic. you've got the coaches, the BFFs, Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. the studios, the gyms, you have your own staff and you have the Mm -hmm. customers and they're all panicking Mm -hmm. in their own way. So there's four, there's four touch points. Most companies just have three. You know, the employees, the customers. Well, two, the employees, the customers, investors. So you have five, the investors, the customers, the employees, the coaches, and the, anyway, so, so, so um, what's happening at the, at the gyms? Are they dead? Are you just shutting them? Yeah. So the gyms are closed. um, And until, you know, at least for the next two weeks. And um, we work closed their places. I guess they can't legally. We work has not yet. And our LA. Well, they can't legally, right? Because people have leases. Yeah, well, so we we tried to get out of it. We have our LA team in, and we work temporarily, and we were trying to get out at least, and they were like, "No, um, we're still open," but they only have like one or two people at the space. But I don't know how much longer that's going to go on, um, yeah, especially like when you have, mm-hmm. yeah, when you have the mayor of New York canceling all, closing all restaurants. I don't know how you know they can be open, but we'll see. Um, but you've decided to close one. the gyms and we're deal closed. with virtual. Yes. And we, we are virtual. So we are either zooming or Google hangouting or or phoning with our clients, whatever their preference is. And, um, our trainers are, you know, with current clients sending out notifications, you know, reminding them for check-ins if they want to, you know, talk to somebody. And then, 
um, new clients, you know, they're just getting their, their plans going. And, um, the biggest thing we're seeing, um, obviously the market fears are, you know, it's yeah. are crazy. And today's another day where it's like that. What's funny for me is like the fed really fed cuts rate to zero and the markets are so upset. And I was like, they're only reacting. Like, that's a good thing. It's a good um, thing a year out assuming, but no one trusts. I mean, the way the markets work and you know, this is he did it on a Sunday. We knew this was going to come on a Wednesday. So why do it on a Sunday? Yeah, uh, that's well, all the markets is markets just being a bitch. It is being a bitch right yeah. now. Yeah. It's being a very like a PMSing bitch because yeah. the reality is they did it on a Sunday to try to calm the market. Yeah, but no one but trusts. Like, this is all about. No, but it was like it's like you, the husband who brings the flowers home and he's like and it's like why did you do that? You did something wrong. It's like no, I'm just trying to be nice and bring flowers. Um, really trying to help you out because. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they could have waited for Wednesday, but they were doing it to make the markets calmer. And I'm just like, what the hell? You can't win. You honestly can't win right now. I understand you can't win, but you can't win in a panic. So you have to step back and accept that people are just going to bitch and moan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You're thinking about the market right. That's why I'm step back. And I'm like, normally I'd be buying every, normally I'd be buying down every five or 10%. But in a real panic like this, where it's defying some of the rules, uh, I'm not going to make myself, I'll break my own rules. And I'll say, listen, stay in the game, uh, let the bitch run its course, and I'd rather pay higher prices for for calmer markets. Sometimes you just have to stay, you know, not sometimes, you have to stay in the game. So for financial gym, staying in the game means you've made some key moves quickly as a founder, um, yeah. and you're dealing with the cards that you're dealt. But now yeah. you have to give good advice. So the third, you can't just be customers aren't just paying you. Now you actually have to give them advice. They're not paying for yeah. a product like off the shelf. Now you have to deal with each client's different. And wh- what does the typical client at financial gym look like? I mean, they look like we have, we have, uh, you have thousands, right? You have, you, you have yeah. Thousands we're now. three over 3000. And, um, you know, our clients are everybody. I mean, we have clients who are making, you know, our, our youngest client 17, our oldest is 74. Um, we have clients making $20,000 a year living in North Carolina. We have clients making over a million dollars a year working, you know, in investment banks or law firms. We've got mm-hmm. clients with negative dollars in the bank because of bank overdraft fees. Mm-hmm. We've got clients like $8 million. I have a client with $8 million. Well, it was $8 million a few weeks ago. Now it's seven point two. you know, and she's like, what should I do? I'm like, nothing. Um, Don't get married. Know. Then it becomes four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I, had I mean, not, don't, not, don't get married without a prenup. Um, and it's done plenty of Is there a financial gym prenup that you guys send out to people? We no, we kidding. encourage free prenups. So you do I said it's better to talk about your I have one with Canute. He's just my producer at a podcast. We have a prenup. The, yeah. uh, the, um, so, yeah, so someone going from 8 to 7.2 is is to them relatively the same as someone with negative cash in the bank fighting their bank for, yeah, so for I always it's all relative. Problem, I always say the problems are the same. The zeros are different. Yeah. So, um, and that's what we see at the, Write at the gym. Down. And so, so it, we, so what are we saying? We're seeing the same thing essentially like people who, what should I do? Should I keep contributing my 401k? Should I take it out? Should I stop contributing? Should I change my allocation? But each and client's got to be different based on their own income and stuff. Yeah, correct? I mean, yeah, they're all like having, they have different like thoughts about it. And some clients, the, the funny thing is like some clients don't have any investments because they've got a lot of debt. 
and you know, great news for them. You know, I mean, the the fe- the you know, causing student loan interest and great. student loan. Um, I mean, in the student yeah. loans, more just a yeah. deferral of interest. Yeah, well, as long as it's not accruing still, and then you have like a pause, and but you know, it's still TBD on what it looks like. And what percentage of the customers have student debt? Do you think? I mean, sixty-eight percent of Americans have it. So I think it's about the same. You know, yeah. We see it, uh, you know, it's just a degree of how much, but, um, so that's good news, you know, and it's good news for our, our own people and the people who are invested, you know, I always say it's like, you know, it's like turbulence on a plane, you know, we're just in turbulence. This is like a extreme turbulence, but like the time to like make a decision about it is not when you're in turbulent markets. I mean, you know, we just have to like put our seatbelts on and the ones who are already in it, you know, it's like you put your seatbelts on just like you're in turbulence on a plane and just, you know, do what you need to do. Have a drink, say a prayer, grab your rosary, whatever the hell you do in turbulence on a plane. That's what you do right now. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, but you should still have do, a plan. So you're still helping people quickly put a plan together. Yeah. I mean, so they have the plan. The biggest thing for us, though, is like, remember the plan. Like, so the stuff, your 401k is not your emergency fund. Yeah. So we're not like, we're, you know, our plan is how are we paying the rent and the mortgage over the next six months to a year? On average, a recession lasts about, 12 to 13 months. So we're looking at that right now and reminding our clients like, Hey, how are we getting the next 12, 13 months? Okay. That's what we're concerned about. Like, um, that's what we're focusing them on. Um, other than that, you know, we, that's not, we can't fix it. Even our clients who are in their sixties who are you know going to retire in the next year. The other thing I say to them is like, look, you're not going to take out all of your retirement money on day one of retirement. You're likely going to live for 20 years on that money in retirement. So it's still a long-term investment. So calm down. <laughs> we let the curse on us. Am I allowed you, to curse you don't need to. I'll curse for you. But Jesus Christ, people, calm down. The, uh, <laughs> and um, you do a podcast as well, correct? Yes. Martinis and your money. Martinis Living and your money. Life. Living a better life one cocktail at a time. Oh, Vanek loved that. that was, I don't think people understand enough about the power of authentic content. So yeah. so you had this idea when? When For the podcast? No, for uh, Financial Gym. Oh, Financial Gym? It was seven years ago when I was at Merrill Lynch. It was yeah, like, so it was during your time at Merrill. Yeah, you had the uh-huh. aha. And at Financial Gym, do you have to have uh, licenses? No. So we're not, we're not, um, actually telling our clients what to invest in so this and is we're not important. investing for them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're just, we're educating them on asset allocation, on goal setting, on so financial genius. planning. And it's um, how much a month? Yeah. Um, our average client's paying $85 a month. So it's $85 a month. Yeah. And, um, what is the average, well, I guess you're, you've only been in business a couple of years. So you don't really have a true take on how long they stay with a coach. Could it be something that they could stay on? I mean, it feels to me that it's priced at a point where it just, they work with the bookkeeper eventually. Like you go top to bottom Mm -hmm. for that price. Yeah. So we have, I mean, we, you know, we have our cohorts and, um, our, we've been tracking our cohorts since 2008 and our, um, or 2018, sorry, our 2018 cohorts, um, we still have 30% of that January 2018 cohort. So, you know, they're come, they're on two years now with us. Um, and our 2019 cohorts are stickier than our 2018 cohort. So, you know, I, people ask us a lot about, you know, 
like stickiness or retention or grad self graduators? When do people graduate from the program? And I would say like in the first, hmm. like after the first three months, they, they have to stay with us for at least three months to, you know, recoup the cost of doing their plan. That's the first opt out period. And our, our, um, drop off is somewhere around 15%. But after that, like, and especially once we get clients to six months, we rarely lose and we plateau out, um, and, and tend to keep that, that cohort just goes on because what happens is people after three months, they're like, hey, I got what I needed. You know, they're going to be like the people who go to the gym on their own and like push themselves. They got the workout plan now and they're good to go. But the majority of people are like, hey, I still need accountability or they see the value, how much value they can get out of three months. And and then by six months, we've had enough interaction. They can see enough value. that They're like, why would I? We become the the monthly subscription that's like the most important one, mm-hmm. and almost like a we're almost like a retainer for clients because they know they could reach out. And especially times like this, it's like you know you're freaking out looking at your four hundred one k balance. Who are you going to call? It's like not Ghostbusters. You you know you call us. Like yeah. so. Um, well, what's happening? Do you think with the robos? I was always bearish. Now you are you partnered with any robos or are you pro no. robo or anti robo? Let me tell you why. I'm, can I tell you why I'm anti-robo right now? Yeah, I mean, as long as it doesn't, you don't cause yourself trouble. I just never understood no, the business. No, I don't it have makes a no sense. They have fifteen percent of their money allocated to negative interest rate European bonds. I mean, that's just yeah. bad. So here's why I don't love them is because we have clients who are in robos and you know their portfolio is down thirty percent. Maybe they need liquidity. Um, they can't pick how they get their liquidity. So in times like this, they should sell, you know, potentially think about selling their bond portfolio. It's up right now, Um, but they can't see Uh, it. They have to rely on the robo to decide how to do it. So unforeseen problems. There's there's so many unforeseen stupid things about robos. So many things. So this is a big one we're seeing now. So actually what we're doing now, we're in the process of counseling a lot of clients to transfer, doing an ACAT transferring assets from the robo to like a Schwab or an E-Trade or whatever, where they can actually own, they can see their underlying investments and mm-hmm. see um, where the specific ones are and choose how they can li- liquidate if they need to liquidate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, best practice to liquidate investments at this point, but if they have to, then they could at least see um, and, and, and make a decision from there and make their own decisions and have more ownership over their portfolio. Yeah. There, ha- and, and the male version that I want to do, is uh, what are we calling it? Um, bourbon and bonds. I bourbon think. and bonds. Yeah, but yeah. bourbon and Bitcoin maybe because bonds are like I don't, don't get it. bonds. Like as an ex financial person, bonds at zero make no sense. It's almost See, a dead I asset class. Sell bonds, so I love bonds. I understand I why you love them, but how do you, with a straight face, tell somebody that we'll sell you a bond and you'll earn zero interest? I mean, it depends on the bonds you're going to buy. Okay, so even I mean, corporate bonds are three, four percent. I'm not going to do that. I can go buy the Nasdaq for and get one percent yield. Meaning, like I think there's just a, such a, a wave of change coming to the industry yeah, that what, your industry is so important. Is What's yeah. that? But you, you you always say with, with asset allocation, it's like you're never going to love every part of your pie. But like, there's but the pie has to have ingredients like that. that don't make complete sense. You can't right. put so you pepper have to have a in, in your pie. everything. And bonds right now are like, make no sense to me. No, I mean, tr- just at zero interest rate, you're betting on rates going down. Yeah, but if you own a portfolio of bonds right now, the value of them is up significantly. 
And you're but, buying through it. Yes, which for sure makes the robo dumber than ever because you should be able to liquidate some things for that profit if you need it, you know, at 0% interest rate for sure. But um, for someone allocating, you know, we allocate for clients too through a, another business of mine, and it's just something that we're rethinking. It's just, you know, this whole industry is fascinating because you're, yeah. I love the way you're approaching it as a coach. Because people on Twitter just ask my opinion all day. And it's like, do I give them my opinion? Like, I don't know what's in their portfolio. I don't know what cash they have. I don't, you know, so I'm very careful about just telling people what I'm doing. I'm not going to tell them what they do, you know, as a social person. Now, if I was a coach, I mean, that is such a cool, I mean, I think I'd love doing it. I just don't know if the people listen. Most of the people come to you and they have real problems, I would think, because they you know, someone's overspending and most people that rent's too high a piece of their, their life because everybody in the country, right? So most of it's cash uh-huh. issues. Is most of it cash? Yeah. Well, 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And do you and see that say, with you? Do you see that with you? Yeah. I would say it doesn't matter the paycheck size. Yeah. You've got people working for, you know, Google making $400,000 a year who have four five hundred dollars in the cash in the because bank. of their I mean, mortgage or because of how they live because of lifestyle right. um, because but they can crank know, that down you can help them crank that down well that's where yeah that's where you know I always tell tell people too so it's eighty five dollars a month to work with us and I hear people say why should I pay money to save money oh my god and I that's say, the dumbest answer yeah, you should fire people tell, that say that. But a lot of people say that. And I always say, well, you know what? If if $85 a month is going to really push you to the end of your finances, then you need to join our gym because <laughs> no one should live a life where $85 is going to break the bank and your whole life. And the reality is, is there are probably a lot of changes you can make. You just can't see them clearly yeah. because you're in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, and so who do you see? Do you see yourself as like a new H&R block or how do you like your own brand financial gym? What's the tagline? Mm-hmm. What's the tagline? Um, we, one of us is what are you working for? Okay. What are you working for? So, so is there a point where you become financial advisor? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't really, I don't see that as a, as a huge need for us, honestly. I mean, the margins in the business are just abysmal. And I, I mean, it, I tell people all you need is a plan and, you know. You're right. You make better margins yeah. selling a plan than you will managing the money. Yeah. So I don't, and we don't, our clients don't, honestly, our clients don't even need that. The biggest problem is not knowing how to invest. And people think that is the hardest part's having the money to invest. And then, you know, in times like this is like having the guts to say investing or figuring out like, what does your life look like when everything's kind of crazy around you? Mm -hmm. Um, That's what a planner does. That's what we do. So, um, and I feel like that's more meaningful work. And uh, no, it's no, no, no ill respect to advisor, you know, people who just invest, but um, it's more holistic what we do. Have you figured out what a coach, give or take, can uh, load, load, can handle? Yeah, we have, we have trainers with um, over 200 clients now and, um, and they're not at capacity. We kind of look at, we look at revenue, we look at um, revenue, not not necessarily people, but what kind of revenue are trainers? driving. Okay. And what are the the key products that make financial gym possible? Obviously the, the physical location is your unique Mm -hmm. sauce. And, um, but is it plaid? Is it uh, zoom? Is it, uh, what is it? We have a, our internal uh, technology that we built a platform we call is training zone. And we do use plaid as our aggregator, but honestly, as we're building out our technology, we're actually, 
um, we're actually putting a lot of non-tech in our technology because a, a common overall challenge with most fintech companies is in the inherent nature of, of connecting to banks that will always be challenging. And um, that's a huge issue with aggregators. Any aggregator you use, whether it's Mint or- Has trouble um, logging or into everything. Or Clarity Money. Yeah, yeah, people get frustrated. They're like, oh, I can't put my Capital One yeah. in here. Yeah. I always Capital hated that. I knew that was like a hack that would not. So what are you doing? Going direct? Oh, well, I can't tell you, you any secrets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, good. No, so, that was a trick but question. But we know the problem. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And we, our technology is going to correct for those issues. Well, that's, then that's a, is that going to be a separate thing or is it just proprietary that you have to build? It's proprietary. Yeah. Um, that's we what we were worried about. Remember Gary and I sat with you that. and that was our big concern. Like tech is going to be a big part of this. Yeah, at it some is. Point. Um, yeah. And that's yeah, great for it you. Is. It's great for you. So, but uh, yeah. And so you've raised $8 million. You're going to have mm-hmm. three locations. Where would be, in a perfect world, if you don't have to raise in, how many locations do you think? Obviously, you could have hundreds, but what? Like, what's mm-hmm. what's the dream? I think the right amount is like twenty five, like the major cities. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've had people say that, like, like a fear that I'm going to have like a million gyms. I don't. It's not like that. You know, there's always a possibility of a franchise model that could happen for us, but like each in our block is. But you know, for me, I it definitely. You know, we have we have clients in all fifty states now. We have a heat map. We know where they're located. They're located. I mean, we have like eight clients in Alaska and I just kind of crack up when I see that, you know, when you, when you zoom out the map and you're like, Oh yeah, we're up there. Um, Do we have to be in everybody's neighborhood? No, but it's interesting. We've seen as we open the DC gym, we had people who've been following us for years who could work with us virtually, but we're waiting for us to open a gym to pull the trigger and work for us because they want to be, one-on-one they want to be face-to-face you know pre-coronavirus they want to be face-to-face with uh the person you know that's helping them with their money so there is demand for the spaces but um you know we'll see we're, we're in the process of figuring out what that looks like huh it's very interesting and mm-hmm. um what would be the next big city for you then the next, uh, we actually know the five next cities that were were identified, and it, they will be Chicago, San Francisco, uh, Austin, Atlanta, and a Jersey location, which would likely be Hoboken. Hoboken, and mm-hmm. that's really cool. And where are you finding spending most of your time? Do you do you have to have a GM for obviously or a manager for each city? Um, we have, we, we're running, you know, the majority of the operations from New York at this point, we do, we do have a facilities manager who helps, you know, manage those things. But, um, where am I spending most of my time though? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everywhere, but I feel like, I feel like most times, I feel like every founder I talk to, when we talk about the challenges of our jobs, it's like consistently HR, <laughs> like the people management aspect of it. So yeah. At this moment, I'm, you know, I'm all in on HR um, and really just to be there. I think as a founder, it's a big misnomer. You never get to work on the stuff you really want to. It's raising money and HR. Yeah. You know, recruiting. I mean, you have a high level of recruiting you have to do. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, the trainer job is actually the easiest one for us to hire for. It it is, you know, a lot of people want to. What's the number one thing? Empathy? Yeah. Empathy and compassion. And we see, I mean, you know, I think the number one type of job millennials want to have is one where they're making a difference and changing the world. And that's literally what our trainers um, do. 
on a daily basis has helped change their clients' financial lives. And, um, and we get really tangible results very quickly. So it's a very fulfilling job, um, but it's, you know, a challenging job. And every time we hire new people, we're like, look, this is a fulfilling and life-changing job, but we're also a startup. So, you know, it's long hours. It's like, it's not a nine to five and, um, you know, it's a lot, but um, also fulfilling too and life-changing. Yeah, very fulfilling and life-changing. Well, congratulations. I think uh, it's interesting what you're doing. Are you worried at all that, a have you thought through what a 12-month recession would look like? I guess no one's yeah. planned that in. I mean, you think you're, yeah. Cust yeah, I mean, you, you seem to be relatively recession proof. It's hard work, but it feels recession proof, but you don't yeah, know yet you know. if the, it feels like early your client contact goes up. Yeah. I mean, so we'll, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're like every company, I mean, every company, no company knows what's happening. Um, that doesn't have a crystal ball, but you know, for us, I mean, the, the support, you know, that we're seeing in the government has for um, small business loans. Like we're definitely, we're applying for SBA loans. I'm, I'm happy to tell the government like, yeah, you don't want me to fire 30 people. So I need money. Um, not afraid to ask for Smart. that. Um, and, you know, we're doing everything we can um, internally to, you know, batten down the hatches and make sure we, we look at, uh, you know, we can survive it. And then also um, being there for our clients and knowing more now, more so than ever, people need to be here, and so it's open for them. And what's your what's what what's your thought on this panic in general? I mean, I think we were just long overdue for a panic. You know, I think the problem we have is that you know recessions are supposed to happen on average every three three and a half years, and it's been ten since we've had one. So it's just a long overdue. Um, pullback and uh, you know so it's in the general like, market but if you're in the energy industry it's been a bear market for a while but travel has been a boom yeah. and we yeah i mean coming, you know. also, so it's just we're just due and unfortunately because it's been so long it's just more painful and you know for unfortunately a lot of people who are who are trading money and managing money were in high school the last time this happened so yeah. You know, it, that's also not. You're saying it's good, a bad but... idea that my son's managing the family office. He's 20. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute. Can you make that a note? Yeah. Let's fire yeah. max. Yeah, fire max. That's... Triple leverage yeah. prick. The. Uh... <laughs> I also think those are challenging things, right? That yeah. get us in perspective. So yeah, I mean, but uh, for me, I tell it's just basic economics. When you ever you look at a disrupted. Uh, supply chain, supply demand cycle. That the common, you know, balancing factor is government intervention, and it's every every massive uh, market situation. We've had government intervention. We're going to have it again. It's going to be extensive, and it's going to balance everybody out. At what point? I don't know, yeah. but it's going to be there. And then, you know, the other they'll probably take us to the other extreme. Government intervention took us to one extreme. It'll take us back. Yeah. Okay, good attitude. I appreciate uh, the work that you're doing. I think it's like a great mission. What do you think, Knut? I think Thumbs it sounds up. great. It's a great uh, great concept. People need it. Yeah, it's beyond concept. I think when we looked, there was maybe 800 members. Now you're over 3,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, keep cranking. Thank you. Will do. All right, Shannon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye. I would say she's not panicking. No. She sounds calm and collected. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's on to something big there. 
Uh, it's a complicated product, complicated business in the sense that you're touchy-feely. It's not something that scales quite so easily, but mm-hmm. uh, that's what makes it hard to compete with as well. The bigger she gets, the harder it'll be to compete. So uh, there's many ways to skin an entrepreneur or a business idea, <laughs> and uh, that was a cool one. But to complicate a business for a startup to have to run through a recession, so I thought people would appreciate that. You did? I did. Okay, everybody, we'll be back soon. That was Panic with Friends with Shannon McClay of Financial Gym.